Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of All Cued Up, the review podcast by the streaming services. This is, this is, this is apparently I'm stuttering. Uh, like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How has your week been? Uh, it's not been the best. It's it's ups and downs. Uh, you know, positives. Uh, Madison celebrated her. We celebrated her fifteenth birthday Saturday, which was awesome. Uh, Friday night, we tried to take her to a restaurant for a birthday dinner, and that turned out to be a disaster. I read all about it. <laughs> yeah. It was quite funny when you I never left a Yelp review before, but I had to on this experience. And the owner of the restaurant called me a liar on Yelp. So I screenshot that and put it on their Facebook page. And I'm, and I'm sitting there calling me a liar now, are you? You know, for everybody to see. And one of the things in my experience, I'm not going to put the name of the fucking restaurant on here because who gives a shit but um the uh it was we we essentially had to leave and while leaving it was raining and my prosthetic i slipped on the steps because it's a new prosthetic i've had it about a month i'm still adjusting to it because i don't get to use it outside of the home a lot right um so i'm going down the steps i slip it's rainy it's wet it's pouring the fucking rain and i just mentioned it you know that i did tweak my injured you know, tweaking and tweaked and injured my knee a little bit and i said but i'm not blaming the restaurant for this it's a new prosthetic you know it's just relevant to the experience but what i am blaming a restaurant for is treatment of paying customers and their quality of their customer service and the owner was like well we have ada compliant ramps what the hell was that the look on greg's face just now didn't know my volume was all the way up and i accidentally fucking clicked on a video so that was my bad i didn't mean to do that <laughs> But the owner is like, we have ADA compliant ramps. I'm not going to dignify this with a response. And I was like, oh, so you're telling me where I can't eat and where I can't walk now. Is that what it is? And just crickets from that guy sounds. But you, you know, my, this is this is this is partial. Oh, never mind. That's a joke to the name of the restaurant. <laughs> I mean, it's the name of the restaurant is fucking fitting, is it not? That's that's why I almost said it. But I was like, ah, oh, you didn't want to call him out, so. Um, yeah, no, dude, that, no, that whole situation was so weird. Like the owner kept like, instead of doing, well, that's, that's the thing. Your entire situation inside the restaurant kills me because as somebody who's worked both retail and food, almost primarily his whole life, it's fucking wild to me that they didn't just accommodate right then and there and explain that's not how they normally do things saying like, Oh, we don't normally do this. You got to, you know, this is how we, this is how we usually function, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll help you out this time and, and been super fucking cordial and nice. And you guys, here's the thing. You already bought the $30 fucking pizza. You, you no, probably, we had two of them, two of them, two of them. You probably yeah. would have paid for drinks or something. Like it's fucking wild oh, that, was, that they did that. That was the plan. We were going to, we were all going to have, well, not alcoholic drinks, but we were all going to have drinks and appetizers and desserts and. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they the bill would have probably been double. Yeah, 
Yeah. And a tip. Like, wild to me they didn't accommodate. Like, this is so fucking weird to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But that's, yeah. Um, yeah. So, there was that. And then, oh, I experienced my first... Um, oh, yeah, that's right. My, my, my first case of... I don't want to say discrimination, but what else do you call it? Uh, it was like because it it was discrimination, straight up discrimination. Anytime you refuse service to somebody based on something, it's discrimination. Um, unless it's like they're being belligerent, like if it's a physical attribute or a uh, yeah, physical attribute. I'll just say physical attribute. Fuck it, and that's straight up d- discrimination. Uh, however, I will say that the person involved in this story tried their damnedest to not sound like it was discrimination you know it was funny and basically it's like tell me a transphobe without saying you're a transphobe right right yeah yeah exactly uh so that sucked but it's okay because uh the original first choice for the service that i'm seeking is accommodating uh and willing to work with me, so fuck that other person. Yeah. Uh, so weird. Yeah, this week's just like bad news, bad news, bad news. Uh, so I was originally supposed to go to a gathering next weekend in, in Maryland. Uh, private event hosted by my friend uh, Bobby Skullface, a uh, YouTuber. Awesome guy, incredible guy, has done a lot for me in the community and many other people. Hell of a guy. Every year, well, he hasn't for the past two years because of COVID, but he holds an event at his house. It's a private invite-only event called Skullfest. Next weekend, I was supposed to go to that. Yesterday morning, I call and make arrangements for my kitten. Uh, to have his first round of shots, uh, distemper and dewormer. He had to at least have his first round of shots, uh, and the boarding place we were going to board the cats, um, said as long as he's got, as long as their shots are up to date, concurrent with their age, he could be boarded. It's like, excellent. Take him to the vet to get his shots. We find out the poor little guy has feline leukemia. Uh, Ten weeks old tomorrow, and we find out he's got feline leukemia. Which is not a death sentence, but it does mean he's more susceptible to illness. He's more susceptible to infection, more susceptible to kidney problems, more susceptible to tumors and cancers and we just have to give him extra special care and be extra attentive to him, be very yeah. mindful of his condition and get him to the vet if there's any problems. The downside of this is because he has it, he cannot be boarded. He's a 10-week-old kitten. I can't leave town for four days and leave him by himself. Right. So unfortunately, we had to make the difficult decision that we're not going to be able to attend Skullfest, and I'm not going to be able to see 
friends, people that I love and care about that I haven't been able to see since October of 2019 that I was so excited and looking forward to for several months now to see, I'm not going to be able to see, you know, and it's, it's crushing because you find out, yeah, this sucks. This, this event that you've been hyped and excited about for months, now you suddenly can't go and it sucks. And it sucks because my kitten is poor little guy, innocent little kitty. What are you doing, boy? <laughs> um, who is just a little fighter. His name is fitting. Let me tell you, um, you know, he, we worry for him. We worry for our other cat, you know, because even though she is vaccinated, there's still the risk of her contracting it in the future. So we, we have to be careful with them. And it's just been a Wait, feel rough... like leukemia is like contagible. It is very contagious, uh, but it's primarily only contracted from one cat to another through bodily fluids like blood or saliva. Huh. Uh, it doesn't live it. very long outside the body. The vet said most likely the mother had it, and they contracted it from the mother through nursing and her bathing them is most likely what has happened. Um. But, you know, he can still have a very long life because there are cats that can, you know, cats that live with it for years. It's just, if he gets sick, it's going to be rougher on him. But, yeah, he's sitting here playing right now. He's just full of energy. <laughs> Can't show him off today because I'm not on camera today. I'm not camera ready because I've... You know, whew. with all the bad news and the bad things that have happened in the past week, I just didn't feel like getting all glammed up today. Yeah, no, I understand that. But, you know, Madison, she's been stressing out all week because she had to take her history SOL and her algebra uh, SOL. And she's virtual, but she has to go to the high school to actually take them. She takes her history SOL tomorrow. But she took her math SOL yesterday. She passed it. Uh, she was a crying train wreck for two days and just worried. And she went in. She's like, it was easy. And she passed it. And I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. That's the other bright spot of good things that happened this week and a week of a lot of bad things. Um. But yeah, that's been my week in a nutshell. How about you? How have you been? Uh honestly, it's been relatively like tame. Um however, my dad did start dialysis on uh what's today? Yeah, he started dialysis on Monday. Which I don't know how to put like it's good. It's a good thing that he started dialysis because uh, his kidney failure, his kidney functions are extremely low. Um, but we're both learning a lot. Uh, this month it'll be three times a week. Um, and, and then starting next month, I'll have to go to a clinic here where I live and, uh, start learning how to administer it at home which is about a month-long course. 
so I'll be uh, like the reason that it's it's a problem is because I I don't know if anyone listening to this knows how dialysis works and if you don't here you go here's your lesson so in the arm at somewhere in the arm near a vein they install a thing called a fistula a fistula is designed to regulate blood flow in a certain fashion um when you go in for dialysis they take this fucking massive needle like make a normal person faint um and they they stick it into the vein right above the fistula then what they do is they take a certain amount of your blood out of your system and put it through a dialysis machine which cleans your blood your kidney functions are entirely designed to clean your blood if your blood's not cleaned you get all these toxins in your body and can die from them um so that's essentially what dialysis does is it, it cleans your blood uh that particular machine itself requires chemicals like they, you have to you have to use the chemicals with it to clean the blood and um i need to learn how to use the machine i need to learn how to put the chemicals in properly and i need to learn how to find my dad's vein using the big ass needle those are the things i'm gonna have to learn so that's that's dialysis in a nutshell as best i can put it Take the bad out, filter it, put good back in. Yep. Like it's 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 really funny. The first day that I picked him up Monday, I go because I, I couldn't stay in there. Um, not that I wanted to. Good lord, that place is. I'm not even sure, Cody. It's depressing. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just a lot of older people like passed out in these fucking chairs. Um, they do supply like direct TV connection so my dad can watch whatever he wants he can take a nap he has his phone which has all of his entertainment on it he has every single streaming service because we use it for this i use it for this um so he's got unfettered access and they gave him wi-fi access which i don't know how strong that wi-fi signal is but he said it works fine um he can text and call whoever he wants like it's it's he has like full like he's just sitting there for four hours that's the only thing and um so I drop him off. I wheel him inside. He gets into his chair. I take off. I come back at two, pick him up. Uh, when I picked him up on Monday, I walked in and I was just like, how was your spa day? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> even the nurse chuckled at that one. And uh, uh, which I was like, I'm sure you hear a lot of jokes all day. So I feel like I, could, I, I won that one. Um, and uh his response was, well, it wasn't my spa. It was my blood spa. And I'm like, can you not do that, Dad? That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. But, um, but yeah, so that was. He totally one up your joke. He did. Oh, that's my dad. That's what he fucking does. Uh, there's a girl that I play Fall Guys with all the time. And she's a, uh, she's a professional makeup artist, like hired by studios for TV shows and movies. Uh, the highest profile um, thing that she's done that she told me about was uh, she was the makeup artist on, uh, or one of the makeup artists, part of the team for um, Orange is the New Black. Uh, and uh, she li- like lives in New York City. Uh, she, uh, her and I were talking and 
like she has a switch so we've been playing Wii sports and and fall guys and whatever like there's a group of us so last night we're on playing and uh she starts telling everybody about her job and all this kind of stuff and like what she's done and we started exchanging instagrams um and she uh Somebody was like, somebody was like, oh my God, you've done all this makeup. Like, that's amazing. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of pull it up so you kind of see what, uh, what kind of makeup she's done in the past. Cause it's, it's pretty fucking impressive. I'm not even going to lie, but, uh, she, um, I showed my dad these pictures of her, of her makeup ability. There's one. Holy shit. That's kind of bright, but um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, here's a here's a good one. Work for our podcast. Number five. Wow! So she's worked on. She's actually worked on the Umbrella Academy. No, no, no. These are just these are just. Oh, she just around and posting. Yeah. She, that's just okay. I see what you're saying. I don't think she's ever posted pictures like from a set. I don't think she's allowed to. Probably not allowed to. Yeah. But, uh, oh, here's makeup that she did on somebody else. God damn it. Wow. Yeah. Prosthetics and everything. And it's funny because she, we were talking, we were actually, because it was announced here recently that Peter Dinklage is going to star in an R rated remake Toxic of Avenger Toxic remake. Avenger, which I'm very excited about. Very fucking excited about. And, uh, um, I told her that one of the things that they announced along with that was that all the all the stuff that they're gonna like none of it's gonna be CGI on the people. It's all gonna be prosthetics and actual makeup. She was like, she was all fucking she was a jazz. She was like, that's fucking awesome. It was fun. But the reason I tell you this isn't to be like, oh, I'm friends with somebody like that. It's because I showed my dad all the pictures of her makeup, and his response was and you're friends with her? <laughs> oh my thanks, Dad. Appreciate the, the vote of confidence there. That's but, funny. Um, yeah. So there's there's that. It's it's interesting the dichotomy of like friends we all have that like why we're friends and like backgrounds and stuff. I I'd say that Fall Guys has been an interesting foray into like, oh, this guy lives in Florida and his history is Fucking sorted, sorted. Uh, oh, this guy looks like Clint Howard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure does. <laughs> that fucking dude, that joke killed me the other night. Uh, uh, he's never gonna listen, so I ain't worried about it. Um, I'm also not saying his name. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, the, hanging out with that, like I've been just hanging out with that a lot. And one of the things, because like, you got to keep in mind, like his his legs don't work. I have to, I have to help him everywhere. Like he goes from the front door to the car, which is approximately maybe thirty feet, and I might be overselling that. He gets the car, and he is so out of breath and so winded that it takes him another like five minutes just to like swing his legs into the car and his legs are so swollen lately that i have to help like lift a leg into the car 
Mm. Plus now dialysis. You have to keep in mind that is that is depressing for somebody to go through. Absolutely. It's not an easy thing to come to terms with. And I know that how that's how he's feeling. So my goal is to spend as much time with him as I can. Make sure that he's not alone with his thoughts very often. Uh, and one of those things is that we found out that we are exceedingly frustratingly behind on Star Trek. I fucking love Star Trek. My dad is a big Trekkie. Massive Trekkie. We haven't watched a lick of Discovery. We haven't watched any of... Well, we, now we've finished Lower Decks. We're done with Lower Decks. But we haven't watched that. We New Star Trek shows coming or is, came out. Like, we're, we're going to watch episode two today. Um, we, haven't, we haven't watched season two of Picard. And uh, that's how I've been spending my time with him. Is we're just catching up on Star Trek. And he's, he's fucking loving it. Like... I know that he loves sharing that with me because we don't see, you know, we don't enjoy a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing that we do, I'm going to spend time with him on. As a matter of fact, after we're done recording this, I'm going to go watch the second episode of Strange New Worlds. Well, that's awesome. It's a fun show so far. But other than that, that's that's basically been my life is playing video games with my friends in other part other states and or Canada. Um normally both. Canada doesn't exist. It's I mean, a myth. <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, then where's my friend Rachel from? Not Canada? Hmm? Newfoundland. That's a part of Canada. My <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Um anyway, so enough about our lives. Uh though I do enjoy doing this at the beginning of the show. Uh we're gonna be talking about episode seven of Halo, which will take uh, five minutes, I think. Uh and then we're gonna have an extensive conversation about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because there's a lot to discuss on that movie. And I know that it's gonna be a good conversation because I already know that Maya and I do not see eye to eye on this movie, so it's gonna be fun. Um that being said, let's get Halo Episode 7 out of the way. All right. You guys remember last week when uh, I happened to mention that the episode pretty much focused entirely on Master Chief, and I was like, we didn't get any Sword and Quan Ha. I said, watch them next week. Give us a nothing but Sword and Quan Ha episode. If I believed in Jinxes, I'd say it's your fault. Yeah, if I did, I would say the same thing. That's exactly what they gave us. And I'm just going to say it. It was shit. Garbage. It was just not a good episode. In fact, it's the first episode that I have not enjoyed. Um, She's the worst part of the series. And an episode devoted entirely entirely to her was horrible. She is a horrible fucking unlikable character. It could have been but, better. I'll say this right now. Her plot line could have been better if she wasn't fucking obnoxious. Um, and, and that's the thing. I get it. Teenagers can be obnoxious. But, oh. Oh, this one. This one well, that's what, I, that's, that's what I've been saying, Maya, about this. Like, the lore of Halo outside of the show is that there were... 
That's why the Spartans were created in the first place, was to fight the insurgency. But it broke up when the Covenant attacked. There are no stories that talk about what happened to those rebels after the Covenant attacked, outside of the ones that died in like Halo Reach or something. So that was a fun concept that I was like, this is going to be interesting. But they didn't pursue that. They pursued Quan, and exclusively Quan. And it was lame the entire yeah. way through. Yeah. I kept hoping that it'd find the right thing, but... <laughs> Sorry. I just got an update on my phone from Yelp. It says, my review's being spotlighted when everybody searches for that specific restaurant. <laughs> 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 awesome. <sighs> that is fantastic. It is. All right. So um just gonna read a synopsis of this episode. It's called Inheritance. Um says and remember these are user written recaps, so they're not always the best. But, you know, this episode wasn't either, so I guess this is fitting. Uh, while Soren, having returned to the Rebel, engages in space piracy against the UNSC, Quan ventures into the deserts of Madrigal to track down a reclusive tribe of mystic nomads, hoping for answers about her family's true purpose. The mystics reveal that when Quan's ancestors settled on Madrigal, they were charged by a forerunner AI... Okay, uh, while uh, was protecting a forerunner portal that resides somewhere over the planet. Returning to her father's abandoned command outpost, Quan finds old letters addressed to her great grandfather seeking information on the location of the portal. Quan is rejoined by Soren, who came back in order to fulfill his promise to Master Chief to look over her just before the outpost is surrounded by. Uh, Venture, the governor, uh, and his troops, looking to collect the bounty on Quan. Despite being heavily outnumbered, Quan insists upon fighting back in hopes of killing Venture and freeing Madrigal from his tyranny. While Soren holds off his forces, Quan rigs the outpost deuterium power supply and detonates it by firing an assault rifle that the Master Chief had discarded during the Covenant attack. The explosion apparently kills Venture and his men. Quan then pays Soren with money recovered from the outpost supplies to honor their original deal. They part on amicable, term, am, amicable terms with Quan determined to continue her mission and find the portal and take her position as its protector. Boy, that sounds a lot better than what this episode actually was. Yeah, I, a lot of it was a lot of her whining again, a lot of her, uh, like, I think my biggest problem with the whole Quan storyline and the whole aspect behind it is that you have this bad guy played by a great actor, by the way, um, who doesn't fulfill a, a good bad guy ever. Uh, you have this aspect of this entire fight where, Hey, this planet was just attacked by the covenant and the unsc is no longer pursuing any of the, the insurgencies or the rebels because we're all fighting this one common threat and everyone understands that um why the fuck 
is that not the forefront of this entire conversation? Why isn't anyone explaining this to Quan? Or why doesn't Quan understand it herself as she saw her father get stabbed by an energy sword from an elite? It is mind-blowing to me that Quan was written and nobody went, nah, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, considering everything else has been pretty good. Apparently, the episode that, because we're recording this Thursday, everybody, the episode that airs today uh, is fucking amazing. And I'm like, yeah, because Quan's not fucking in it. She was the only thing holding the show down, straight the fuck up. Oh, I agree. Like, it just, it's so frustrating, dude. Like, and it is boring, too. Like, she goes to this whole aspect of, like, going into, like, a a, a, a trippy fucking ancestor. Th- it's weird, right? Like, and that's, that's the other crazy part to me about it, too, Maya, is that in her, in her dream vision thing. Oh, after she drank the peyote tea? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she sees an image of a guy talking to a thing that like a ball, right. That goes back into the, the well that, that he was standing in front of Um, in the games. That ball is an sentient AI named guilty spark. Well, the one in the game is guilty spark. I don't know if that was guilty spark. There's multiple of them. The whole point to the fucking halos. Anyway, uh, what, frustrates me about that and maybe that's just the writing of the show i don't fucking know but they love doing little like easter eggs that go fucking nowhere especially with kwan uh it's it's one of my only problems with this show like they're not i really hope that this episode like kind of says some things that i feel like are important there's so you've said the word forerunner in that in that uh yeah, which has not been actually spoken in the show. Right. Which pisses me the fuck off that like the, the fucking whoever's writing whoever, that saying whoever that wrote it up, they're saying yeah. Um f- saying the word forerunner is not as bad as it could be. Because there's another aspect that I I I want the show to reveal in a in a very cool way. Um it had they have to. They, if they if they leave that if they leave that thing out, I will be upset. Uh You'll learn more about the Forerunner as we move forward in the show, I'm sure, because that's what that fucking device is. It's a Forerunner device, but anyway. Uh, what, what this show needs to do is start dumping lore. We have three episodes left, right? No. Two. Today's as the day of recording, and next week's the season finale. Oh, you're right. Seven and nine, or eight and nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Sorry, I was my bad. I was doing math wrong in my head. Um, I was like, this was episode seven. That means seven, eight, nine. That's what I was doing. Um, yeah, like I said, the show needs to do a thing that's important, and that's give you people, the ones who have not played the games, the context to what the fuck is going on. At least some kind of context. Uh, and having an entire Quan-centric episode that doesn't really mean much. Like, 
in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, like, I want to say this as somebody who is adamant about judging something based on its own merit outside of the context of the games. Mm -hmm. This particular storyline is bad. That is not connection to the games in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I went to my brother's house for Mother's Day on Saturday, even though it wasn't Mother's Day, but that was the day everyone had off. Uh, and we were talking about the Halo show because my brother is in the same boat as us. My brother, Josh, he fucking hates Quan. Uh, our little brother, Jeff, um, he didn't ever play the games, even though they existed in the same house he lived in, but whatever. Um, so he doesn't know the lore at all. He was too and busy jerking it. You could say that. I could say other things. Uh, he, he says out loud, you and Josh know the Lord of Halo really well. I don't. So you guys judging the Quan storyline based on that. And I went time the fuck out. Who said I was judging the Quan storyline based on my knowledge in the game. First and foremost, she doesn't exist in the games. She's not a character that exists outside of the show. Secondly, her storyline is just not entertaining, Jeff. <laughs> it's just not good. And I think that's what's upsetting is it's like it's like watching fucking most of the stand again, <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's what her yeah. storyline is. It's it feels like most of what we watched in the stand, you know, characters that just don't mean anything to the grand scheme of everything. But we got to fucking pay attention to them for some reason. Yeah, all that build up and then just horrible execution. Ugh. I was fighting to stay awake watching it, by the way. Fighting. Like sitting up, sitting forward, trying to fucking just, ugh, dude. Oh, I flat out, I flat out actually legit dozed off two or three times. It was that bad. I mean, uh, I, I, what, what I'm also not like Quan. No, what I'm also going to say that I hope, I sincerely hope, is that uh, um, going forward, uh, we going forward. I'm hoping that um, we don't have to meet her again. That we don't have to run into her again. That her storyline is done for this season. Right, and then if it gets renewed for a second season, oh, it's already it renewed. It's already oh. been renewed before the first episode even aired. They had renewed it for a second season. Did not know that. That's awesome. Uh, so what I'm hoping is that in season two they understand that people didn't like her storyline and completely nix it from the future stuff because, in a way, her storyline is kind of done. Like we do not need to revisit her again. We understand what the fuck happened. So, yeah, let's hope. Nothing against the actress, no. Um, but it's just the way her character is written and the way that her character comes off is just annoying. All right, uh, what grade would you give this episode? Uh, solid D. Same. 
It's bad. It's yeah. it's it's bad. It I bitched about it enough. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else to say. I mean, hey, the effects were good. Yeah. <laughs> Guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we don't have much positive to say about this episode. You can skip uh, it. I'll say this. It wasn't the acting that was the problem. So kudos to everybody involved in that regard. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Also, I don't have I don't think I have to say this, but if you're if you're giving the actress shit for a role like did you hear what's going on with the Percy Jackson uh adaptation that's coming to Disney? I did. I did. It's such a fun like if you're doing that, you're an absolute piece of shit. An absolute piece of shit. Even the fucking author of 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 Percy Jackson has come out and been like, "You don't deserve this franchise, motherfuckers." Like, and I'm like, "Yes, thank you." Oh, disgusting, fucking disgusting. But yeah, it's like it's like the fucking um, uh, Rose Tico situation with uh, I'm only getting Marie in my brain of the actress. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name either. Yeah. But anyway, fuck it. Let's talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, So we both saw this opening day? I know I saw it opening day. uh, Misty and I went and saw it Thursday last week at 3 p.m. Same here. Uh, Except when we were on our way home, you were just going into the theater to see it. Because, you know, yeah. that whole three-hour time difference. <laughs> right. <laughs> had I seen it at six, it would have been the same time. No, had you had I seen it at six and you seen it at three, it would have been the same time. You're correct. Might be. Mm-hmm. So you saw it at three hours before. I'm so confused. I'm, my brain is not functioning when it comes to these time zones right now. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, we saw the same day. Uh, so funny story before we get into our, like breaking down the movie. First off, we're going to talk spoilers right off the bat. Do not listen to this podcast or the rest of it. If you have not seen Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because we are going to ruin it for you. Second thing, um, I had text Maya when I was sitting in the theater during the in-between between the mid-credit scene and the end-credit scene. And uh, I text her, and the response I got was not what I was expecting because I'm a big fan of multiversal shit. Real big fan. Like, if you haven't seen Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, do yourself a favor and fucking see that excellent goddamn movie um, that deals with the multiverse. Uh, but... The response I got was not super positive, which was surprising to me. We have held off for a whole week between Maya and I talking about this movie, and I need to know what about it you are not a big fan of. Sam Raimi's fingerprints were all over the thing. Sure. I don't like Sam Raimi. I don't like his directing style, his visual style. So you aren't a fan of Evil Dead or Army of Darkness? Really? That's a, okay. Well, I thought those movies would be right up your alley. That's 
I mean, I liked Army of Darkness 25 years ago, but I haven't tried to watch it since the 90s. But I remember there being a lot of silly and over-the-top shit in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I just didn't care to see Doctor Strange fighting Deadites. Uh, When does he fight Deadites in the movie? Uh, Are you talking about uh, towards the end? Yeah. I wouldn't call those Deadites, but... Close enough. And he also didn't fight them as much as he used them. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this in defense of your opinion, if that makes sense. Uh, I love Sam Raimi. I love his directing style. I love his, 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 the way that he makes movies. Drag Me to Hell, I think, is one of his best fucking movies ever made. Um, but he also does a lot of practical, silly effects. Uh, See, the practical part a lot. The silly aspect, just too much of it sometimes. I don't think that there was a lot of silly in this movie, per se. Not in no. the traditional sense. No, no, and I agree with that. The only silly, the the real silly that there was, pissed me off. Well, I, if it's what I think you're thinking of, I'm going to say this. So, towards the end of the film, if you remember, because who's still listening to this if you haven't seen the movie, or care to see the movie. Uh, Doctor Strange and... Uh, MCU Doctor Strange and alternate universe Christine Palmer go to a different universe that's falling apart. Very similarly to how Doctor uh, 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 um, Supreme Strange's universe was falling apart in that What If episode. Um, he goes to the Sanctum Sanctorum to which Sinister Strange, as it's as he's called in the uh, uh, marketing, um, has the Darkhold and he's destroyed his world and he wants more power, yada yada. It is full-on fantastical Marvel. Then they proceed to get into a fight. And Sam Raimi went, but what if musical notes? And here's the thing. I love the setting for that world. I love how it looks. I love the idea behind Sinister Strange. I love all that. And I love the musical fight. I fucking adore that music. It was so much fun to watch. It's oil and water. It is straight the fuck up oil and water. I, I... I love both of them. It's like putting ham and peanut butter in a sandwich together. You like ham, you like peanut butter in a sandwich. Not 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 great together. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. That didn't bother me as bad as the um, the end credits scene. So why did that bother you so much? I have to know. Uh, just the whole way. All right. For context, for those listening uh, that may not be aware of it, about a third of the way through the movie, when Doctor Strange and America, uh, how do you pronounce her last name? Is it uh, Chavez? Okay, it is Chavez, not Chavez. Chavez. Uh, you know, I was watching Young Guns. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange and America Chavez, they they uh, are escaping the antagonist of the film. We can spoil it. We do like we Scarlet can Witch. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, like I already warned everybody. If they're still listening, that's on them. Yeah. Um. They get to a universe, and 
she comes up with food. And that was one of his questions. He's like, how do you eat? And she's like, oh, here you go. And it's like some type of pizza balls. And he's like, how'd you pay for that? She's like, it's free. He's like, it's free. Yeah, most everything is free. Your world's weird. And then this guy, of course, you know, comes up. He's like, hey, you didn't pay for those. And it's Bruce fucking Campbell. Don't get me wrong. I love Bruce Campbell. And I know he and Sam Raimi collaborate a lot. But my favorite works of Bruce Campbell are not Sam Raimi things. Uh, But that's a different conversation altogether. You ever seen Bubba Hotep, Greg? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Love, love that movie. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, basically, Dr. Strange, you know, in order to avoid this altercation, puts a spell on Bruce Campbell's character to where he is striking himself in the face, choking himself, etc. And America says, uh, how long is that going to last? And Dr. Strange says, two or three weeks. And at the end of the film, the end credits, you see him slapping himself in the face a couple of times, and then he finally is able to stop the effects of the spell wear off. And he looks dead into the camera laughing and says, it's over. And then fade to black. Hated that. I hated that looking directly into the camera and saying it's over. Uh, It's just like, okay, that's a little just too on the fucking nose. I mean, I think it would have, I think it, I think it would have been funnier had he just been still struggling doing it and the film fade to black without it stopping and him laughing and saying it's over. That's just my personal take on it. The, the yucks for the sake of yucks. I've never been a big fan. I like, I love funny things, and I love funny things when they're appropriate. But that just felt shoehorned into me. Um, no, sh- I see. I disagree only to the fact that shoehorned is more in lieu of, <clears throat> of um. I'm trying to think of what was shoehorned into this movie that wasn't like the musical fight was shoehorned in. Uh, yeah, yeah. And see that the the those because effects the I thought those effects I thought were cool. The music itself actually playing the and the notes on the screen I thought it was a cool thing. I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that happening. Uh it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you, I think. No, it didn't bother me at all. No, that's what I'm trying to say is I I absolutely loved that that scene. It was super fucking fun. Um, the, the problem is, is that I feel like the, the setting around them, everything yeah. up to that fight, it just didn't quite. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, a lot the of darkness stuff, versus the colorfulness. Right. I think a lot of stuff like that happens in this movie that is in that same vein. For example, uh, Wanda walks in, destroys like four of the strongest fucking characters that we know from the books, comic books. Um, easily handedly and and then then we get into a horror sequence that i loved that doesn't really make a shit ton of sense like and, and that's the thing is it's like okay 
I've got these ideas, these ideas, these ideas. We're going to throw them, see what sticks to the wall, and run with that. And it's like they threw everything, and everything stuck to the wall, and they ran with it, but they didn't piece it together well. Well, that's 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 exactly what happened. So, so in my mind, the way that this movie played out was that Kevin Feige and the guys that you know, everyone that's working behind MC, the MCU storyline knew the the plot points that they wanted to do for this movie. Right? They were like. Hey, uh, uh, we want to bring in America Chavez. She's a multiverse hopper. You know, we want we want Elizabeth Olsen to to, to go through her grief and then come at the you know finish that at the end and 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 realize that her grief is the problem and that um, we want to have this entire storyline where we we go to a different universes or a different universe and we we have like alternate versions of things like they knew the plot points but then they said whatever else you want to do sam raimi is totally yours that's what i honestly think happened and that's why i keep using the phrase oil and water it's yeah um the sequence of of scarlet witch destroying the illuminati rad as fuck Fuck oh absolutely best part of the movie the sequence after that where she's chasing strange palmer and america through a series of doors and it turns into like a little bit of a horror movie fucking love that it was awesome to watch those two scenes back to back make no fucking sense no i agree and i think I that's agree. i think that's where a lot of people have trouble with this movie it, and that's where it's, i it's not cohesive it doesn't flow properly it flows well enough to be a cohesive plot I think is the important thing to keep in mind because that, that's he, true. That's true. Because I mean, I, I was never lost during the movie. It just felt disjointed. I also want to make a fucking argument that pisses, that is, is frustrating the shit out of me right now, by the way, this is not you. This is other people. Christine Palmer of her universe designated the MCU as 616. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean Marvel is designating that universe as 616 or MCU as 616. It is an Easter egg. There is a difference. I will never call the MCU 616 because that is the fucking comic book universe. And calling them both 616 makes no fucking sense. Well, and this is the second time that it's been referenced as 616 because the first time was in Spider-Man uh, Far Away From Home or Far and From Home. Yeah, that's and that's and that's the thing. They're Easter eggs. They're references. That's it. They're not meant to be these like magnum fucking like, oh, my God, that's 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 the name of it. That's what we all should call it. Drives me up a goddamn wall. And, and you know, we see. Uh, Doctor Strange and America pass through multiple universes. And I think it would have been cool because one universe, they were made entirely of what they were paint. You know, another one, they were, they were animated. Um, they could have passed through the 616 comic universe. I think that would have been a cool Easter egg right there. You know? Say, oh, that's 616. Sure. The MCU, you could designate it 617 or something. It's just like yeah, the next just, universe over or something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what I would like to happen is that Sam Raimi or Kevin Feige come out and say that, you know, say what I just said. 
I'd like them to do that. I don't mind Christine Palmer calling it the 616 because to me, that's her universe's designation for it. And that's fine. What bothers me is that fans have just glommed onto that and been like, that's the name of it. And I'm like, cool. So now when I talk to you about Marvel and I just say the 616, I'm just going to leave it be. And if you're confused, great. Maybe you shouldn't be. Anyway, that's fans, Snickers. That's not, not the movie's fault. <laughs> I will say that uh, that 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 universe is Illuminati. First off, the fact that they're using the term Illuminati was rad. Even though the Illuminati, if you've read any Illuminati stories, it's just the Council for Bad Ideas. Um, uh, Which is ironic, considering some of the people that are on it. They're supposed to be the brightest in the Marvel universe. That's that's the point. Dude, when John Krasinski walked on screen and the fucking as Reed Richards, I was just like, "Oh fuck yes!" And I know, I know, Loki has established that Loki's can look completely different, but I want Krasinski back as Mister Fantastic. Well, Loki also confirmed that Loki's can look the same. There were, there were, there was at least two. Of Tom Hiddleston in that show. That's true. Actually, multiple because if you count the the holograms of different versions that they threw into the into that world, into that uh, end of the universe thing. That's true. So he could come back as Mister as Mister Fantastic for the MCU. It could totally happen. I would love to see that. Um, Absolutely, I'd it'd love be awesome. it. It'd be fucking awesome. But uh, I mean, can we please get somebody to play Professor X? somebody else you don't like uh patrick stewart as professor x i, think I he's did 22 years ago greg <laughs> look um professor x is uh, as uh, patrick stewart as professor x has been easily one of the best casting decisions that any comic book adaptation has ever made straight up i'm not disagreeing with that but it's time to move on he died in Logan already. I didn't need to see him again. Die again. Well, it's this is this is a this, this is, is a different one. I I agree, and it was a cameo. But I'm did you saying. catch the did you catch the little bit about when he came on stage or came on screen for the first da, time? Da, 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 da. Yeah, was awesome. I caught that. That was cool. The animated series, cartoon, music. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yes. Um, also very funny to me that. I could do this all day. Five, six, seven, eight seconds later. No, you can't. Yeah. You cannot. But that was cool that we actually got a live action version of Captain Carter from the What If. That was very cool. Yeah. That was, uh, I was very happy to see that because, like, that was easily one of the better What If episodes, too. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, so uh, that's the other thing that pe- that people crack me up on is they they can't different the 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 types of characters that uh, Peggy Carter and um, Steve are. Like Steve is a wholesome Christian boy who is going to say what he needs to say for the sake of not you know like we don't trade a life for a life. Peggy Carter on the or Captain Carter on the other hand does not give a fuck. Yeah. That is the difference. Like we saw her kill guys in what if. Yep. 
We didn't really see that from Steve, did we? I mean, he did shoot a gun in the first Avenger, but... <laughs> yeah, but we don't see if he hit anything. He could have right. been a stormtrooper for all we fucking know. Well, he's also, like, he can throw his shield in the, in the you know, uh, uh, from something and have it bounce back to him just based on calculations that he does in a split second in his super soldier mind. There is complete understanding that if he wished to use a gun, all of his shots were non-fatal. Yeah. So absolutely. But we did watch Peggy Carter rip a fucking pilot out of a plane and then throw him to the ground. He died. He's dead. She does not care. Anyway. Um, or uh, Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel was awesome. Yep. It was pretty fantastic. And, Which and, and surprise move, you know using Anson Mount as Black Bolt because that's who played Black Bolt in the Inhuman series that nobody talks about. What's, what's so interesting that to me was is cool, that, though, when, oh, it's, I was so excited. The fact he had the full-on like fork on his forehead. Yeah. I was like, yes. yes. Uh, or like we, you got to see his full power when he destroys their that Doctor universe Strange. Is Doctor Strange, yeah. That was so I'm cool. Sorry. He just he just very lightly says I'm sorry, and it turned into this massive shockwave that annihilated him. That's the thing about Black Bolt. Like if he screams, he could destroy the universe. Well, the galaxy. I don't know about universe. He could destroy the galaxy. It's awesome. I love Black Bolt. Again, also one of like the the smartest people in the Marvel in this and the comic books. Uh. And I hope we get Inhumans one day in the MCU. I really do. I really fucking do. I love Medusa. Yeah, and, uh, that that was that was uh, that was a cool thing too when Mordo was introducing him. He's like Keeper of the Terrigen Mists, and I was like, "Ooh, shit!" Yeah, referencing it directly, which is interesting because Miss Marvel that we're getting here soon, she's not going to be an Inhuman. Like she gets her powers from these wristbands she puts on or some shit like that. So, hey, I. As long as she's a fucking uber nerd of superheroes, that's mostly what I give a fuck about because that's her entire character. Yeah. Maybe not entirely, but it's most of her character. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else in this movie I wanted to men- mention. I love they kept the star-shaped portals that she makes. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I mean, because this movie does some shit that's really weird compared to other Marvel movies. Like, we got that giant, you know, we got Gargantos, mm-hmm. which we knew from the trailer, but still, like, it was still cool to see him. Uh, oh, the mid credit scene introduces Strange's wife, played by uh, Charlie Theron. Yeah. Which I was, I had no clue about that, not even an inkling. Who she was supposed to be, or just that she was that even she in the MCU, or that Cleo was showing up? Like I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only thing people actually really knew about, uh, in those like we didn't know Black Bolt, we didn't know um, Captain Carter. We well, Captain Carter was kind of revealed the week before, but Mister Fantastic was a nice surprise. So it was Black Bolt. So I actually had him spoiled for me. Oh. 
um i was scrolling down it was like two days before the movie came out yeah it was two it was, yeah, it was tuesday before i got to see it and i'm scrolling down uh, youtube and i see a screenshot of the moment that the four are standing in front of scarlet witch fuck and i saw for like a second so i couldn't see who was playing mr fantastic but i recognized the outfit immediately did not see fucking black bolt though so that was cool <laughs> awesome yeah i i saw i saw him that's all i saw i went i scrolled as quickly as i could so i knew mr fantastic was in it did not know it was, it was the fucking it was john krasinski but it was awesome it was still awesome like I I want I want to point something out to everybody listening to this. If if the if the multiverse if the idea of the multiverse is confusing to you, it's very fucking simple. And this movie does an excellent job, in my opinion, of showing how different things can be in the multiverse. They can be small things, like you could go into a, an adjacent uh, universe to ours, and everything looks identical, one hundred percent. But Butterflies are a bright pink. That's it. That's the only difference. Or you can go in a completely different universe where dinosaurs evolved to look like humans. Or you could go into a different universe where you're Batman. Or you could go to a different universe where rocks are edible. I don't fucking know. That's the point of the multiverse. Anything is fucking possible, which is why I love the multiverse. The way that you can you can just use your imagination with the multiverse is so exciting to me. Please go watch everything, all, everything, everywhere, all at once, please. But like that's that's again like when we, uh, it's why one of the big reasons why Into the Spider Verse is one of my favorite movies of all time. Not only is it such an amazing story to tell about a kid's relationship with his father and uncle, but it's it plays with the multiverse in such a unique way. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, this is why I love multiversal shit. And I feel like Strange, Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness did an okay job of it. Um, and I say okay because we only went to three, we only went to two other universes, so... Yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot of time really spent in any of the others. They just passed through what seemed like seven or eight others and then made brief stops yeah. and hopped again. I I wanted to see more multiverse stuff than what we actually got. I agree. But I, I agree. agree that it is okay what they did with it. And I'm not saying the film's bad. I didn't dislike the film. Um, I just had after... I had higher expectations. But I'm not basing it on my expectations. Um, I just think it could have been executed better and it wasn't. Um, yeah. I get you. I get you. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree but the, I think one of the main themes of this movie that it it kind of comes back and forth to like it just you know like oh we're talking about it now we're not talking about it for a while now we're talking about it again now we're not talking about it for a while kind of thing is the MCU Strange's happiness is he happy 
uh, he it's it's kind of addressed early on in the movie, very mm-hmm. early on, um, and then it's addressed again later with America, and then it's addressed later with um, the other Palmer, the other Christine Palmer, and it, and it keeps getting brought up. And by the end of the movie, he's happy. And why is he happy? Because he's grateful for the universe he lives in. He's grateful for the life he currently has. And this is brought for so full circle when he fixes his watch. Finally. Yeah. He's gotten over Christine. Um, and then we get the reveal that the dark hole did have some effect on him. Uh, and I loved that. That to me was something the film should have spent more time concentrating on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we can just kind of do our final thoughts in a grade if you want. I'm yeah, we'll... trying to find other things to kind of bring up, but we've covered, I think, everything. I'm I'm gonna give this one a B minus. Um what? You're not far off from me. Oh yeah. B. Hmm. I think it was a better than average Marvel movie, but there was enough. There was enough that I liked versus what I didn't like um, to keep me from giving it a worse score. And there were some really good things that are probably up in my score a little bit higher than what it would have originally been. But after sitting on it for a week, you know, there's there's not a lot of dislike there, but there's a lot of good in the movie, but at times it feels very disjointed, and I don't think that's by design. I think that's because originally I think they said Sam Raimi had filmed about three hours it was what the original cut was, uh, and he two had hours to cut and 40 it minutes. two hours and forty minutes, so he yeah. cut forty minutes out of it because it yeah. was. No, but it probably would have flowed better had it been able to keep its length. But, you know, we don't know. Uh, It's not horrible, but it's not as good as the first Doctor Strange. Is it a worthy follow-up to Spider-Man No Way Home? No. No. Uh, and I think that's what it. I think that's what also goes in against it because it's the first one after No Way Home, <coughs> and you know this is supposed to have. Well, I'm not going to necessarily say it was supposed to have repercussions from No Way Home. It was only mildly referenced. It's like, oh, we recently had some multiverse things with our Spider-Man. You know. Right. And that's about all the reference you get. But, yeah, I mean, did you you think that Scarlet Witch was going to be the quote-unquote villain? No, I I thought the way that this movie was going to go at least by like trailers and shit like that, was that Steven was going to be in trouble for what he did in no way, uh, in no way home. Um, exactly. That's the way it was set up. It's the way yeah. I was looking at it, but I'm, I'm glad that I was pleasantly surprised or 
surprise. I don't know if the word pleasant needs to apply here, but I'm glad that I was surprised. I'm glad that I was completely blindsided by Scarlet Witch being the antagonist of the movie. I'm I'm glad that I was blindsided by how powerful they were going to make her. Um, I didn't see any of that coming. I didn't know. And so I was really happy that it was there. Um, because like you said, I thought for sure that it was all going to be about Stephen having to meet a multiversal Illuminati. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that we see Jeffrey Rush pop up out of nowhere as the Watcher. I think that would have been awesome. Um, but we didn't get any of that because it's you know they already had the they already had the plot and they made the trailers intentionally misleading, which I appreciate. I genuinely appreciate. I say that because. We've had years and years and years and years of trailers that give away too much of the plot. Oh, um, 100%. So having a movie, having trailers be made that steer me in this direction while the movie goes this direction, please do more of that. I am loving the fuck out of that. I don't want to know the plot of the movie before I go in. I think that's important, right? Um I don't get mad if something is spoiled for me. Like I, like I said, I had I had Mr. Fantastic spoiled for me. I wasn't mad. I didn't get upset. I didn't get pissed. It just happened. And with the age of the internet and how much I'm on the internet, it's going to happen again. That's why mm -hmm. I don't get mad. I don't let those things ruin a film for me. And, no, no. Um, I get a little bummed. It's like, oh, I would have loved to have actually been in the moment for it, but I don't get upset. You know what I'm well, saying? I'm going to go a step further into that. And I don't think they should have said or shown any of the Illuminati before the movie. No, I agree. I think the trailer should have been more misleading in regards to that whole aspect. Yep. Um, having Patrick Stewart come on screen in the way that he does in the movie would have been a lot cooler had he not been in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I gave it a B. I think there's a lot to love in this movie. There's a there's a great story that progresses Doctor Strange as a character, which I appreciate. Um, it felt like you know we had we we haven't had a, a solo Doctor Strange movie in a while now, and uh, to have his character finally have some closure, have some progression is is fantastic. We also get introduced to a brand new character that will probably show back up when we eventually get the Young Avengers, and that's America Chavez. Um. Uh, Maybe she'll have her own Disney Plus show. Who's to know? Uh, but uh, and she did a great job, by the way. She she was fun. The one thing, though, I did kind of. It's like when she finally, you know, for script purposes, learns how to control her power. It manifests itself into a punch. Uh, that was. Mm, that's that's in the comics. That's okay. Accurate. Yeah, she she literally. Punches star-shaped holes to other universes. Okay, okay. So that, to me, I was like, I was like, oh shit, that's from the comics. Her punching Scarlet Witch and creating those portals, I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> that's new. But other than that, it was is is fairly accurate. Uh, uh, I will argue this: much like someone should teach Ezra Miller how to run, they should teach her how to punch. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Uh, because that was my only thing that was like, you're 
punching like someone who's never punched someone before. Maybe that was intentional. Who's to know? Her her story doesn't necessarily say that she's learned to fight or knows how to punch. So That's maybe true. that was entirely intentional. But uh, also having the closure for Scarlet Witch was really nice. Like, I think that's another thing about her character arc from everything that we've seen her go through from, you know, Avengers two to, to uh, WandaVision. She came, she, she had closure on, on vision at the end of that show, right? She, she got to say goodbye to him. It was over for her vision was gone and she came to terms with that. But now she had a new focus, a new trauma. And that was, the children she could have had. And I think she understood that, but that's the thing. I don't necessarily necessarily say that Scarlet Witch or Wanda Maximoff is the bad guy in the film. The dark no. is the bad guy. Exactly. Arguably Cathan could be the bad guy who created the dark hole. Which was said by Wong, which was I thought was like the fucking excellent name drop. I was like, yes, Katon, yeah, dude, I love Wong. He's fantastic. This whole movie, too. Good lord, Benedict Wong is his real name, which I think is hilarious. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot to enjoy in this movie, like I said, and I, I just think that a lot of what makes Sam Raimi shine on his own doesn't mix with marvel necessarily yeah, that, that's fair that's fair um uh, like you know there's things that he did in the first two spider-man movies that you know while i can still watch them from time to time there are things that he did in those movies that i don't care for yeah i agree i mean i not agree i understand what you mean but yeah um. Yeah, it's just and like, it, like that. That might be why Spider-Man Three is so bad, because I know that Sony dipped their hand oh, into what they wanted for that man. plot so badly, and it just I don't think it met. I don't think it mixed with with Sam Raimi's directorial style. This is why I argue like his best movie is Drag Me to Hell. I love Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Fucking love those movies. Watched them a gazillion times. Drag Me to Hell is his best movie. Straight up. Straight up. Like, it is 100, 110% his vision and his directorial design. And it works. It's super fucking fun. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else I can say that. But um, Any other thoughts on Multiverse Madness? Uh, no, 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 I think I've covered everything. Yeah, same here. So if that's the case, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up this week. Um, next week, everybody, we're going to be reviewing episode eight of Halo. Uh, and uh, hopefully no Quan from here on out. Um, and oddly enough, we're going to be reviewing a movie that I have been told by multiple people, it is a fantastic movie. This movie has a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. It has beat every other fucking movie. Like, it's number one um, in terms of rating. Uh, and very recently, after hearing about it a thousand fucking times, very recently here, um, the movie that Nick Cage stars in that I think is great, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, 
the movie is referenced three different times. So I need to put this movie in my brain bank because otherwise I'm going to go insane without having knowing why it's so good. And that is Paddington 2. So Maya and I are going to review Paddington 2. According to what I read, you don't have to see Paddington 1. I'm going to anyway. But um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Maya and I agree with everybody else. Uh, but yeah, so episode David Halo, Paddington 2. Uh, make sure you follow us on all socials, which are listed below. We'll try to keep you up to date if we add anything. I don't think we will, but that's where you're going to find it. Um, check out the Teespring store where you can uh, get some of our get some merch. Uh, T-shirt, what are you giggling about? I didn't uh, say anything. Oh, it sounded like you were giggling. I don't know what that noise was. Uh, I think I think my hand. I was scratching my nose, and I think my hand might have brushed up against the microphone. I apologize. Oh, it sounded like you were like snickering, like like that. So that's what I that's what it sounded like to me. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Teespring store. Uh, you can get a t-shirt, a mug, a pint glass, some stickers. Um, all proceeds go directly to the podcast. Do we still have that discount code? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, it's AQU15 at yes. checkout. Yeah, AQU15 at checkout. Yeah, 15% off your order. And if you uh, do decide to buy something from our store, uh, take a picture, send it to us, either on social medias or our email. And uh, we'll... Uh, Throw it up on our social medias and, and say thank you and show how cool you look with it. A listener sent me a picture yesterday of their shirt. They didn't send me a picture of them in the shirt, though. Um, <laughs> so I want to see a picture of you in the shirt, and we'll post it on our social media and maybe even feature it on here. Who knows? Yeah. I was like, we'll also give you like a, a big old thank you. A big old Absolutely. Big old, big old thank you. Um, yeah, because honestly, like every time you buy something from there, it goes right into the cost that this podcast takes to keep running. So that's, that's the most important part. Um, also, if you want to get a video uh, version of the podcast, you can head on over to our YouTube channel, which the link is down below. Uh, and if you want, if you're looking to listen to more podcasts, uh, head on over to the Nirvana network, so we can hear uh, a, a plethora of different shows with awesome people talking about the things they're passionate about. Uh, the link is also below on that. Uh, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It also has my Twitter and Instagram profiles linked to it. So if you want to follow me on either of those three, it's the one-stop shop where you can do so. Uh, as for other shows you can catch me on, I'm on a, I'm on a show. Uh, it's a live action figure review show called Figure Bangin'. It's on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, interact with the chat, make jokes, and, of course, go over a figure. Uh, usually Transformers-related, but not always. If that sounds something like you'd like to check out, go over and check it out. And tell them that Maya sent you. Uh, that's, that's me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me as Chub Rock Geek on all socials. Um, I've done a, I, I mention this every week. Uh, Anthony does, he's going to be doing his own thing with that channel. Uh, it'll no longer be called Mission Start or Mission Start Tubes. It's going to be his own thing where we're, we're going to kind of pack it in on doing video game talks. Uh, we had a long discussion the other day. We haven't done an, we haven't done an episode since the video game 
awards and uh it's just not like as much fun as i do have talking to him it's not worth our time uh so i think i think that's it i think that's it for mission start so i i, I won't be having that on my notes anymore but um if you want to go check him out uh you can still you can still find the channel as mission start tubes i believe maybe not i'll have to figure out what his new channel what the new channel name is but um yeah he's doing a whole thing with with like fighting games and a and like a VTuber persona sort of thing. So if you're into that, go check that out. Um, but I know that the, the podcast episodes that we've recorded are still up, um, but that's, you know, it's a lot of old news that we've discussed. So I don't know if that's something you want to listen to, but it's there if you want to. It's a Mission Star podcast. Um, but you can also check out my solo reviews on our YouTube channel. Um, I really need to record a few of those. I've been kind of lazy about that. Understandably so um with recent news of my father so maybe next tuesday i'll record a few of those <sighs> knows uh but yeah that's it that's it and that's all again um episode of eight of halo paddington 2 uh thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next week take care everybody